You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, and of course, Spotify. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, kicking off a week's worth of podcasts. Yes, we're going to have a lot. I know I wanted to get a few more in last week, but had some unexpected work travel take me out of town, so I wasn't able to finish that all off. But we're here now. I'm not going anywhere this week. And we've got a lot to talk about because we are one week away from Pelicans Media Day. That means we're going to get answers to all of the questions we want, know exactly what this team's going to be like, and then go right on through training camp, the preseason, regular season, postseason to an NBA title. That's how it works, right? Well, maybe not. We'll talk about our concerns, what we want to learn at Media Day. Hopefully then after that, what we found out at Media Day, if anything, kind of opened our eyes to something else. So we've got a lot to cover as we start to really gear up for the NBA season. We're in the actual final stretch right now. And before we do that, we're going to keep on talking about the top 100 players in Sports Illustrated's rankings for 2019, trying to kind of project there. We talked about the first two guys that were there already, Julius Randle, Nikola Mirotic. We'll talk about the other two as well. And then just some general news coming on around the NBA because there was a lot this weekend. So we'll cover all of that and more in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So before we get into the Pelicans in the SI rankings, we're going to talk about those in literally like 30 seconds here. Do you want to mention there's something coming soon on LSU to this Locked On podcast network, and I'm not going to say anything yet. I'm going to let other people handle that, but you all know we launched the college network for it, and we're going to have a Locked On LSU hopefully very soon. I know the host. This dude is awesome and probably one of the best in the business. So just keep an eye out for Locked on LSU. Hopefully coming this week. If not, I'm sure the week after. I know they're finalizing one or two things, and I cannot wait. A dude who is a friend of Locked on Pelicans, you'll probably know the name right away. And that's great that if you don't normally get to listen to said person in your local market. So just keep an eye out for Locked on LSU coming soon. So the Pelicans in the rankings. This is Pretty exciting because we broke down, again, Julius Randle finishing in the 70s, Miritich finishing up a little bit higher than that. And then we waited for the the next set of rankings. They did 100 through 51 first, and then we looked at 50 through 31 because we had to figure that Anthony Davis is probably finishing in the top 10, but where does Drew Holiday fit? You had to figure 50 to 31 makes a ton of sense for him. And then those rankings came out, and Drew Holiday wasn't in there. And then the question became, well, how high does he actually go? So before we touch on where his ranking is, take a look at some of the names he's above. He's above a guy like Devin Booker, who has a 70-point game in his repertoire. He's above guys like Robert Covington, who is a phenomenal defender who can kind of do it all. Um, And, you know, maybe that makes sense, but some of those guys are really good. So I think it's pretty interesting. Otto Porter Jr., he's above. That's a well-rounded wing. You don't have very many of those in the league. And again, they're projecting for 2019, so we need to keep that in mind. But you have a guy like Mike Conley who comes in at 36. Okay, that's one of the more premier point guards in the league when he's healthy. Um, Maybe they're factoring in the injuries and everything that happened with him last year, but still a little bit interesting. 
Then you kind of scroll through and you see Kemba Walker at 32. Walker is known as one of the elite scorers in the league. That's a bit surprising. And then you get into the top 30 now. You've got DeMar DeRozan at 30, the centerpiece for the Spurs of the trade with Kawhi Leonard sending him to Toronto. And then right after that, we finally get there, Drew Holiday at 29th. So this is pretty awesome. You've got two top 30 players on this Pelicans team, four top 100 players. Really, I think it was, what is it? You've got four top 75 players. I'm forgetting Julius Randles as I say this now. But here's what they say about Holiday. I'll read it out loud. And this comes from Sports Illustrated here, Rob Mahoney. And it goes, it would come as no surprise if Damian Lillard still jolts awake in the dead of night. The memory of Holiday's playoff defense still fresh in his mind. There are defenders who try hard, who play smart, and who put on a good show. Holiday, then they list his stats, cuts straight through everything to deny a score that which he holds dear. It doesn't take him long to figure out where his opponent wants the ball, and once he does, he shuts down almost every lifeline leading there. Holiday is one of the NBA's best defensive players. The usual limitations regarding point guards don't really apply. He's tall, he's long, and he's too strong to be pushed around. That gave New Orleans the flexibility to move Holiday between perimeter assignments as needed. Against the Warriors, for example, Holiday was the Pelicans' best shot at defending Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. It's a wonder where he finds the energy. Holiday works a double shift under a huge minutes load, first as a defensive stopper, then as one of the leaders of an offense. Hol- uh, New Orleans brought in another point guard, Rondo, to help Holiday manage, though he functionally his role wasn't all that different. That's key. These guys get it, and we'll talk about that in a second. New Orleans was still at its best when Holiday was able to direct traffic and his production held regardless of whether Rondo was on the floor with him. Holiday is universally... Uh, is a universal compliment. Play him at either guard spot and in almost any capacity. His game knows no bad fit. Again, Rob Mahoney with Sports Illustrated. This dude nailed it because a lot of people, and you hear this just spouted endlessly, that the Pelicans moved him off ball and that's what unlocked him. Look at the final five minutes of every single close game. Holiday's the ball handler. Rondo wasn't out there. He was the guy leading this offense if they weren't playing in the fast break. I think it's a bit overblown that moving him off ball... Um, you know, hurts or helps him and unlocks him. And I think we saw that. That was the theory. And we all thought maybe that would help. Sometimes he's at his best when he's most instinctive and not necessarily trying to direct the offense. You can be a little lead guard in this offense, though, without trying to pull strings, make passes, things like that. Just cut and attack and do that. And that's what the Pelicans can do, especially when they're playing in the fast break. So I don't think losing Rondo is as big of a deal for this Pelicans roster as maybe some others were making it out to be because Holiday did play so well still as the lead guard. Now he just doesn't need to do every single possession, and sometimes that's the key to these sorts of things. Uh, but he still played that main role, and you saw him. Same thing in the playoffs, too. While Rondo played well, sometimes that's just a symptom of the type of offense that you run. And maybe that was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe we'll see that Rondo leaving hurts this team a little bit more. But Holiday played outstanding after getting off to an admittedly rough start here. And that was where maybe we don't know what's going on. But I think it just took him a little bit to kind of find himself in this offense. The big question for Holiday now going into next season is, What's his norm? What's the baseline? Is it the guy that started the year that really struggled? The middle of the year where he was just very good, not amazing, let's say. Certainly well above average, well above good, but not amazing lights out. Or is it playoff Drew? The guy we saw just absolutely take uh, Damian Lillard's lunch and just starve him to death, basically. Is it that guy? Or is it a guy who can take it a level beyond that? 
That's really going to be a big key to this Pelican season. If it's playoff holiday, that's great. This team can go far. If it's beyond playoff holiday, oh, hell yeah, sign me up. If it's back or less, which is maybe a bit of a reasonable thing to expect because his play in the playoffs was so high that maybe the, there's only room to go down and not up, that's going to be a big concern. And the way he starts the season, I think, is going to be really key and telling for what we can maybe expect for this Pelicans team. So something to keep an eye on. You know, he's still a little bit unknown. And we don't need to talk about the injury stuff. And there were some fluffles, let's call them, on Twitter, what, a week or so ago about that. I don't care about any of that. You know, maybe something happens. It could happen to anybody. But I, the big thing here is not his injuries. It's can he maintain the level of play that we saw from him over an 82-game season? That's going to be the big question. If he does, this Pelicans team is in very, very good shape. So before we get into the next segment, talking about Anthony Davis and where he fits, fantasy football is underway, and we have two new fantasy football shows here on the Locked On Podcast Network to help you win your league. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 gives you all the latest news, waiver suggestions, and injury updates. Then, Locked On Fantasy Football has been renamed to Locked On Fantasy Football Experts with amazing guests every Monday through Thursday. You've got Tom Kenisich, you've got Eric Edholm, Jeff Ratliff, and Tyler Lochner. All of those guys are going to give you the insight you need to win your fantasy league. So make sure you listen and follow to Locked on Fantasy Football 24-7. So on this podcast here, and on all these podcasts on the network, we talk a lot about sports. The Pelicans, the NBA as a whole, football, Saints, what have you. But there's nothing like experiencing it live. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on the Pels or the Saints. With Vivid Seats, you can attend concert, show, or sporting events of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or even look for seats in the section so you can sit near your friends. You can drill it down to row and seats, of course. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners of Locked On Pelicans an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. It's going to save you some money. That makes events even better better. You can put that towards concessions or just pocket it. That's always a good thing. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concert and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter the promo code Locked On for $20 off of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. So it's time for the top 10 in Sports Illustrated's top 100 players of the 2019 NBA season. Coming in at 10 is a guy we're going to talk a lot about at some point on here, probably tomorrow, and that's Jimmy Butler. We'll touch on that in a minute. Uh, after that, you've got Joel Embiid at 9. He is a monster, and I'll tell you, without going too deep on him, that's maybe the first guy I can see completely dominate a game in a, in a different way on defense where he just absolutely takes away the entirety of the paint. It is kind of... Really something to see when you watch how he plays and how the players react around him. Chris Paul coming in at 8. Russell Westbrook at 7. I don't think anyone's really going to kind of complain about any of the names here. You've got Giannis coming in, or Giannis, Giannis, I should say, coming in at 6. And then we get to number 5, and that is, of course, your Pelican, Anthony Davis. All right, here is what they say about Anthony Davis. 
There's a case to be made for Davis as the third or best, third or fourth best player in the league, and it goes like this. No other player, not LeBron James, not Kevin Durant, not anyone, is so consistently dominant on both sides of the ball. Davis could win Defensive Player of the Year. Side note here, I've written and talked about that and truly thought he should have been at least second, not finishing third in that, and that his defense was actually underrated last year. Davis could win Defensive Player of the Year while leading the league in scoring. He would be the captain of a top-five offense, the anchor of a top-five defense, or both. We're nearing the pantheon days of Davis's career, the beginning of his entry as an all-time great player, beginning with his MVP candidacy in the season to come. I'm going to skip the next paragraph because it's unrelated to this. If there's any slight against Davis, it's that his position makes it hard for him to touch as many possessions as a player like Curry or Harden. Guards who can initiate offense will be a slightly more accessible. Passing gives both a direct means of influence Influencing a play's outcome to say nothing of the gravity they exert idly. Davis doesn't really have that in his game, and that's fine. Allowing others to handle the ball frees Davis of the responsibility, allowing him to use his speed to its greatest advantage. Opposing bigs are at a loss when they're forced to chase Davis, a 6'10 gazelle, around staggered screens to contest his jumper. You can use Davis in all the ways you'd use a high-scoring wing, save that he also has the face-up game to rule the mid-post and the finishing ability to dominate out of the pick-and-roll. There's very little on a basketball court that Davis can't do. Part of what makes Davis so widely useful is that his shots are so difficult to contest. There aren't many players who can meet Davis at the rim and make any kind of difference. When he goes to the block, he can't be pushed around. Davis is taller and stronger than most of the players who guard him, and he understands how to put space between him and his defender. How can you even combat that? To guard Davis is really to be at his mercy. You could transplant his skill set to any other league and or any other roster in the league and find room for him to thrive. Any coach running any system could build its concepts around Davis. His stardom is situation agnostic and completely undeniable. That's again from Rob Mahoney with Sports Illustrated. I don't think there's really any complaints about Davis here at five. You have James Harden ahead of him, uh, followed by Steph Curry, followed by Kevin Durant, and then LeBron James number one. I mean, it just kind of makes sense. Those are the four best players in the league right now. Um, And I think Davis is just kind of right behind him. They make an interesting point about how maybe people don't realize how good he is because he is a big when right now a lot of the premier players in the league are wings or backcourt players where they do have the ball in their hands more often. They initiate the offense. They take it up the court, things like that. When you evaluate Davis on touches and different things, you've got to evaluate him based off of front court touches when you look at the NBA.com slash stat site, and you can't just do it on total touches because those numbers will be low. So when you compare them to other players, you've got to do something that's kind of fair for all of them. That maybe does hurt Davis, but other than that, it's pretty damn complete. I think maybe people would like him to not be questionable to return or things like that as often. I think that's one of the bigger things. But other than that, there, there really isn't much else. I thought his defense was so damn good this past year and made a very strong case for him to be Defensive Player of the Year. We did a whole podcast about it. And finishing five, that's fine. You know, there's a paragraph in there about how maybe you don't push out Curry or Harden or some of these other guys because their postseason records are better and maybe they've just been in the league longer, which they have compared to AD, that, you know, it's it's an earned thing and until he gets that deep playoff run or what have you, that you don't rate him above some of those guys who do have it. 
probably fair too. I'd bet you that keeps Anthony Davis up at night. And we talked about him switching his agent. Well, again, the clock is still ticking on this team. We're not going to dive into it now because it's not going to go anywhere. And he's not leaving this damn team. We said probably three more seasons. But I think certainly it's going to be interesting to see what happens because he wants to win. He wants to leave a legacy. And you can only do that with deep postseason runs to the NBA Finals or better, winning them. And if he doesn't get that done, then certainly it will hurt him. And maybe that's what kind of makes that time tick on down slower. But other than that, he is primed for a big season. Going to play fast all the time. It seems like he's still more comfortable playing center. I think Julius Randle can actually play the five spot with him on the court again for another day. Um, So I think that'll be an interesting thing. But it's going to be fun. and, And we got, you know, Seven days till media day when things really start to kick off with all of this. So before we get to news around the NBA, I talked about this right in the beginning, but the Locked On Podcast Network is expanding with college shows. That's right. We are going back to school. We've got Locked On Wolverines, Locked On Seminoles. There's Locked On Oregon Ducks. Locked on um, Alabama Crimson Tide, the Kentucky Wildcats. That one's going to be worth following for just basketball season alone. Razorbacks, Volunteers, the BYU Cougars with a huge upset this uh, past week. And of course, number six in the country, LSU, is probably dropping this week. If by the time you guys are listening, it's not already up there. And I cannot wait for the host to be announced. Sent him a text the other day and we were pretty excited. So we're going to blow him up on here and promote that. So make sure you stay tuned because I know we've got a ton of Tigers fans that follow this. One day we'll get locked on to Lane on here. See if I can pull some strings and make that happen as well. But find your favorite college show. Find your alma mater on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. So quick roundup of some two big stories, I guess I should say, not some, two big stories going on around the NBA that kind of both dropped this weekend. The last one dropped um, last night, Sunday night, where Dwayne Wade announced that this year is his final year in the NBA. 16-year career, maybe it's 17, it'll be 16, I think, uh, as he goes and finishes off with maybe one of those kind of farewell tours where he'll get to play you know, in every other arena, like we saw Kobe do in his final year before having that really fun 60-point game um, in his final one that really hurt the Jazz, even though they weren't in the playoffs at that point. Um, it was fun to see, and we'll get to see that from Dwayne Wade, and I think it's completely deserved. This has been a guy who's been such in the the NBA consciousness basically since he came to the league that I think it's really fun. And it's always nice to kind of see these guys go out the way they want to go. And he still has it at times. He looks a little bit old, did play three or four years in college, so longer than most others do. So I think that kind of adds to it as well, but certainly going to be fun to see. It's going to be sad to see him go. You're kind of seeing a wave of players kind of hitting the end of their careers. Manu Ginobili just retiring. Um, You're going to have Dwayne Wade soon. You know, you'll have a couple of other guys really start to phase out of the league over the next two or three years and I think it'll be kind of surprising when all of a sudden there's they've been such mainstays for so long and it's weird you know I'm 32 now and I remember being young watching different sports and you kind of see guys retire but you never watch them their whole career because just weren't you know old enough to really pay attention to know what's going on and now at 32 I've been watching these guys play their whole careers and to see players retire like that when you've been watching them their entire time, it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird to me and not in a bad way, but I think you all maybe understand what I'm saying. It's kind of surprising. And now we're really starting to see it with like a wave of guys that you just kind of have seen and they've been such a fixture for you and they're no longer going to be there. So it'll be fun. Make sure you make it out for Dwayne Wade's final game here in New Orleans. Certainly with that, with Vivid Seats, they can get you tickets to everything at a good price too and save you some money. I'm a pro. See how we tied that in there with everything? 
Now, the bigger news, of course, is what the fuck's going on with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And Locked On NBA, John Corrales and I talk about the Timberwolves and everything like fairly often. I don't think either of us are hugely high on um, Thibodeau, Thibodeau as kind of their head coach, president, and all that, because it just seems like it's a fucking mess there. And, well, that mess is kind of coming to a head as Jimmy Butler is going to be sitting down with their top brass to kind of make a decision on his future. And it doesn't sound like he's particularly happy there, which means now everyone, not just just every a fan of every team, is circling the Timberwolves, throwing to their favorite bloggers, podcasters, what have you, trade scenarios to get Jimmy Butler to their team for scraps, like a lot of other fan bases do for Anthony Davis here in New Orleans. So we're used to that. So just keep that in mind when you throw those trades out there, because I don't know if they're going to trade him. We don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't mean that Carl Anthony Towns is going to be available or Andrew Wiggins is going to be available and also just fuck no on Wiggins. I'm swearing a lot. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens because that's going to be one of the more rumored situations that we've, than we've seen in a long time. But is there anything to be gained from that for the Pelicans? Is there a way they can maybe acquire Jimmy Butler? And is that a guy they would even want on this team? Or is there someone else on that team we want? We can run through the hypothetical scenarios here, of course. And we'll probably do that tomorrow. We'll talk Jimmy Butler. I'll give you guys some more insight on what's going on with that behind the scenes from what I've been told, just in a high-level kind of thing, not from any sources, but just talking about this with other people, you know, LinkedIn through the league. I think it's kind of an interesting scenario there. So we'll take a look at that and more in tomorrow's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Again, Anthony Davis, top five, Drew Holiday, 29, two top 30 players. That is a very good thing. And of course, all that other news going on around the NBA. So tomorrow we'll talk more about Jimmy Butler, you know, what the Pelicans, maybe it'll lead to a larger discussions of what the Pelicans have to trade. What type of situations are they looking to avoid as they try and make trades to improve this roster too, because there's big things we got to look at with that. Maybe we'll structure the whole podcast around that. Uh, so thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, and of course, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake. One week till media day. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow. <laughs>